0: Uh, So, we are so excited you guys are here with us today. If this is your first time here at Central Christian Church, this is like the best week to come to because if these cool kids can't convince you that this is a place that you should come to on a regular basis, then I don't know what will. Um, These are some of our teenagers. We have one adult sitting on this couch. I'm not going to play the game of you guess who because that might make her feel sad that you can't pick her out. Um but she Hannah the beautiful redhead right here she used to be a teenager in our youth ministry and now is an adult serving these teenagers so that's why she's up here and we wanted to give you guys a chance to get to know them because we like them a lot. Um yeah so will you start Evan and oops share you want to take the mic? Hello. Come
1: on. Of course.
0: Uh start with sharing your name even though I just said it and your age and what school you go to.
1: Hi, my name is Evan. Um, I'm 17 years old, and I currently attend Branham High School.
2: My name is Hannah. I'm 20 years old, even though I get mistaken for being like 12.
3: Um, I'm 20, and I go to West Valley. My name is Natasha. I'm 17 years old, and I go to Branham and West Valley. my name is becca i'm 18
4: and i go i'm going to seattle pacific
5: (laughs) my name is jaden i'm 14 years old and i am going into pioneer high school
0: all right jaden you just graduated eighth grade Right, and you're going into high school, and you're kind of a big part of our youth ministry. All of these guys are regular part of what we do in in our youth ministry, and so the question that I would ask all of you guys to start us off is, why do you choose to be a part of our youth ministry here?
5: Um, I choose to be a part of this youth ministry because it's different from a lot of youth groups and youth ministries that I've seen before, uh, and the people and the leaders and all the kids—they're very welcoming. Uh, and they make you feel like it's home.
4: Um, The reason that I go to this youth ministry is um, just like the sense of belonging that I found here um, and friendships and everything. Um, I didn't have the best experience in high school, so finding those things were really important to me, and I was really glad to find that here.
3: Um, so I choose to be a part of this youth ministry because God talks a lot in the Bible about being in community with others. Um, and I find that it's really important also with those around your age and also making all those new relationships with different people and having people to rely on to pray for you and help you through hard times and to give you advice as well.
0: And teenagers give teenagers really good advice, don't they?
2: A lot of the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, So I have been a part of this youth ministry since I was a little itty-bitty sixth grader, Um, but I continue to choose this youth ministry because I love the kids, and I love what we are doing here at Central with our youth.
1: Um, I I love this youth group a lot. Um, One of the main reasons is um, uh, leaders such as Kyle, Caleb, also the students, they hold us accountable, um, especially you know, if we're going through something, a lot of, you know, ministries I used to be at, they'd be just be like, oh yeah, we'll get you through this. No, like they will literally text you. They will bug you. They will take you out to lunch and you know, like they will talk to you about it. They will hold you accountable and they'll help you get through difficulties that other youth groups won't do.
0: Yeah. That's very important for our youth ministry. And just so you guys know, so, you know, you guys help hold us accountable too. We got to be on our best behavior when we're hanging out with teenagers all the time, so it's good for the adults, too. All right, Evan, what is your favorite sauce to put on noodles?
1: A one-steak sauce. A one-steak
0: sauce. (laughs) Hannah, you used to be a kid, and now you're a quote-unquote adult leader. Do you feel, there's this, like, joke of, like, I can't adult, right? Can Can you you, adult?
2: No. (laughs) Do you feel like you're an adult? So, sometimes. <laughs> okay. Yes and no.
0: Yes when you're with the teenagers. No when you're with adults.
2: I feel like it's both during both. <laughs> like when I'm with the like middle schooler girls, that's who I hang out with on Tuesday nights. Like I get to be goofy and silly, but then at the same time I'm like, okay, let's have a serious conversation. Like let's be productive with our time. Um, and then with adults, No. <laughs> I still feel like I'm a little five-year-old. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Tasha, what's the most recent book that
0: you've
3: read? Other than the Bible? or yeah. Okay, so. Brown noser. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I really don't read. Um, I'm, Can like, you say I, that again louder? I what? don't read. I don't read. I know how to oh, read, okay. but I don't Confessions read. Confessions
0: of a Teenager. <laughs> I don't read.
3: Um, so funny story, actually, my mom right there, she has this really big book and she says, it's really good. It's got great. It's got a great message behind it. And she really wants me to read it. So for the past three weeks, I've been trying to convince her to find a video on it on YouTube, a movie, anything other than the book that I could learn the same stuff from. But I'm just not a big fan of reading.
0: Yeah. When Tasha told me that story, she was like, my mom wants me to read this book. And I just said, mom, isn't there a movie on it?
3: (laughs) It's true.
4: Becca, what is your go-to dance move? Okay, so I grew up doing theater, which means that I can dance if it's choreographed, right? So if you catch me at a party, I will be up there, like, step-touching. I mean, like, you know, like, those really awkward dads in a middle school part, like, middle school dances, they go to chaperone, and they're just like, hey, what's up? That's my son! Like, that's me. I'm just like... Friend, friend, hello.
0: But if it's choreographed, you can bust a move.
4: Yeah, no, if it's choreographed, I'm like set. But until then, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And Jaden, why, you're the youngest one up here. Why did
0: you decide to be brave enough to say yes to be on this panel this morning?
5: Um, because I felt bad for saying no to Kyle because he's (laughs) such an amazing guy. Um. And because I felt like it would be a great opportunity to let the people of the church get to know me and for me to get to know them as well.
0: Cool. Thank you. So on that note, I'm going to start with you, okay? Okay. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. What is the one thing, if you had to pick one big thing, that you wish all adults would better understand about teenagers who are growing up in Silicon Valley?
5: Um... I think the biggest thing I wish they would understand is that um, a lot of the time teenagers don't know how to get involved in the communities, um, or they'll want to do something or they wouldn't want to do something, but um, most of the time, yeah, we don't know how to get involved, and a lot of adults don't understand that.
4: Um, something that I wish that more adults would realize about teenagers today is that like we're doing our best. Um, we have so many expectations that are building on us, whether it's, like, in school, taking really hard AP classes and, like, having to take, like, sometimes, like, five of them. That's a lot. Um, getting good test scores, getting into good colleges and all of this stuff. Like, it all builds up. And while that's happening, like, we have to manage, like, relationships and friendships. Um. And social media. And social media. And, like, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot on our plates. And, um. So just like if you see a teenager, be like nice to them, you know, like we're we're doing our best and like that's
0: yeah. So don't assume the worst just yeah. because of their age. Believe that they're doing their best. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Go ahead, Tash.
3: Um so I would probably say um that for certain teenagers that are really firm in their beliefs and believe really strongly in them, you have to approach them a little softer. In my experience personally, I've had experiences where I talk to people about things, try to get them to understand um, the other side of a scenario maybe in the argument that they had with somebody or trying to express a new idea to them. And if you just present it how it is, like if you say it just how it is and you don't really ease into it kindly or anything, um, Sometimes that can be taken harshly, and that can affect your relationship in the future as well, and they won't consider your perspective as much in the future. So, Would you say it'd be easier if you had, like, trust built with that teenager to speak
0: truth about something?
3: Yeah, I would say that it takes a while for certain teenagers um, to adjust to people and to trust them and to really take their perspective into account.
0: And it's kind of cool that this generation, like, when they believe something, mm-hmm. they believe it. That can be cool, right? If they get a glimpse of who Jesus is. Mm -hmm.
3: I agree, especially for the Christians, um, the teenage Christians right now who are firm in their beliefs and whatnot, going around and sharing to other people and not, you know, just swaying back and forth based on what the trends are, or what ideas they hear, Um, but they stick firm in what they believe in, and that's really good. Um,
2: So this is something that I heard at a youth conference that I watched with Kyle and Kayla. And the speaker was saying that teenagers are not a problem that needs to get fixed. Instead, they're a wonder to behold. And that's sometimes hard to remember as a leader. (laughs) Like, it's really easy to be like, oh, you're being dumb. Like, let me tell you what to do. So I have to remind myself, like, no, God made you this way. Like, you're little. You're still figuring life out. And just, like, being in awe of how crazy they are. Yeah. Kyle and I even often remind ourselves
0: that same exact language that Hannah's talking about, that these kids are a wonder to behold, not a problem to be fixed. A lot of times as adults, I think that we can just hang out with teenagers, do what we need to do until they become adults. The goal is to fix them, to become these proper adults that can function in society. And we oftentimes are reminding each other that the way they think is just incredible, isn't it? It's like, wow, you thought it was a good idea to throw that thing at the window. this You are just a wonder to behold. How did you come up with that? I just, yeah, and, and, and rather than fixing and teaching in every moment, be, being in awe of the way that they think and the reality that their whole brain isn't yet developed and all of those kinds of things. Uh, yeah. Evan, how about you?
1: Um, one thing that I wish um, adults would recognize about us teenagers, especially in the Silicon Valley. It's a really, you know, top of the line area. It's most expensive in the United States is that um, we are grateful for what we have. I think a lot of adults in Silicon Valley view us teenagers as ungrateful because of all the assets, you know, just all the nice things we have while, you know, across the country they're working on the farm and, you know, they, they think we're, you know, not grateful, but I really want you, everybody to know That our youth ministry, all the kids, all the teenagers, we are thankful and we're grateful and yeah.
0: Yeah. Evan, what are three things you can think of off the top of your head that you're really thankful for?
1: God, my mother, and a roof over my head. And what? And a roof over my head. A roof
0: over your head. Cool. Yeah. Oh, round of applause. You're winning
1: thank you guys (laughs) i love your applause okay i feel welcomed look it says welcome home thank you evan if you
0: could have been with jesus from any of the stories you've ever read about in the bible you've ever heard anybody teach on like any story that we know of of something cool that jesus did which one would you choose to be there with him for
1: i already know the answer so it came out of the book of mark chapter 4. And it was, uh, yes, Mark chapter 4. Got it memorized. And um, as you know, Jesus and his men were at sea. You know, there's a big, a lot of waves, just a whole bunch of angry clouds and just, they're so aggressive and violent in the sky. (laughs) And, you know, Jesus is asleep and, you know, the men are all freaking out. They're like, what do we do? What do we do? And so they're freaking out and they're losing faith. They're losing faith. And then, Jesus out of nowhere comes out of nowhere and just says, Stop. And then the clouds go from angry and violent to happy and calm. And then the waves go from angry and violent to happy and calm and smooth. So, yeah, <laughs> so it relates to life because you can be, a person can be having the most difficult time or everything can, all that weight can just be piling on them and they can feel like a, you know, a 5,000 pound stone's on them, but then God can say, Ah, oh. And then you're free.
0: Have you ever experienced that with God before? Oh
1: yes,
6: I'm yeah. telling you. Oh a bunch yes. of times.
1: I'm telling you, I'm, a bunch of times, guys. Yeah. I, I just feel like I have some, especially, um, you know, during baseball season, it was we were struggling and school was really getting hard, and I was just, uh, I was kind of dragging along. But then, you know, I was looking in the book of Proverbs and it was giving me wisdom, and yeah, so. Yeah. Kind of get that weight off my plate. I like that. Thank you. You
0: went went from angry and frustrated to happy. happy I like that. Yes, that's good. All right, let's pass it off to Hannah on the happy and calm note. How about you, Banana? How would you? Which? Oh, I call her Banana. Oops.
2: Everybody else does. does It's fine. Which story would you choose? Um, So mine isn't like one specific story, um, but I would just love to have sat around the table with Jesus like at any of the times he was sitting around a table with people, um, even just, like, being a fly on the wall in the background. Um, I just think it'd be so cool to hear, like, what small talk were they talking about, or, um, like, was Jesus being Jesus and, like, preaching the word while they're, like, sitting, eating their spaghetti. Um, also, the food. Like, I love food. So and did the they blast. have
0: spaghetti back then? Maybe. Yes. <laughs> why not? Let's go with it. Yeah, yes. sure. They had spaghetti. I love it. So not one story, but even if you could just be a fly, you would just want to follow around and see the small moments that didn't even get recorded. Yeah. That's a, really, yeah, that's a good answer. She's a
3: leader. That's why it was such a good answer. <laughs> okay, so I would say... Um, the night before Jesus was crucified, it was in Matthew, when he was underneath the tree and he was sleeping the night before, and God sent him the dream with everybody that he was gonna die for the next morning, and he saw everybody that was gonna live on earth, everybody that he was gonna that he was dying for, and what he was being sacrificed for. And I would, I would love to be there in the moment and be able to see the dream and see, be there and experience it with him and be in that moment.
4: Um, similarly to Evan, that is the same story that I would have picked, but, um, in, like, a bit of a different sense of that story, um, just, like, you know, like, growing up in California, we don't have a lot of storms, so to me, storms are really scary, I don't like thunder or lightning, I'm, like, rain, that's it, but, um, so to me, it's, like, really cool that God could, like, just, like, tell everything to stop and it did and it listened to him and um for me like in life um that makes sense too because like you know there's sometimes when things just keep hitting you and hitting you and hitting you and it gets like really overwhelming and really stressful and to know that you can like depend on god to like say stop and everything will calm down and it'll be okay
0: So I asked Evan if he's ever experienced this, but I wonder if for you, have you ever felt like you were the one that was like the crazy wave and all overwhelmed and like he, to you said, stop.
4: Yeah. I feel like a crazy wave a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it's the things around us and sometimes it's just
0: us. Yeah. That's cool. Good.
5: Um, My story that I would want to be there was, is probably an exodus when Moses split the Red Sea. Um, and I would want to be there to see God's thought process on why he chose Moses specifically and not anybody else. And just uh, the way he told Moses to do it, not uh, through words, but through actions uh, and how Moses felt when God chose him.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Do you Thanks, think anything Kayla. of that has to do with him choosing you for things? Uh... <laughs> Maybe now you think that because I said it. (laughs) Cool. Okay. Okay. Jaden, what is your biggest hope and prayer for the teenagers, like all teenagers in San Jose? You guys all just shared some of your favorite or story you'd want to be experience with God or with Jesus from the Bible. And most teenagers don't know anything about the Bible or anything about Jesus or, or have a place like this that they get to be a part of. What's a hope or prayer that you have for, like, all teenagers and all of San Jose? Because there's thousands and thousands of them. There's a lot of you guys. We are outnumbered.
5: Um, My biggest hope is probably that uh, we would all grow up successful, not only through school, but uh, through work, and that we can grow up being proud of our accomplishments. But success isn't just being on the very top at all times, but just... Uh, working our way up that ladder.
0: So, how would you define success? How do I know when I'm successful?
5: Um, that you can find your way through things, like um, just the simplest task, and you finish it. You're successful in that. Yeah.
0: When, when you've come to a place that you've kind of built a good enough navigation system yeah. to make,
4: yeah, good. I like that. Thank you. How about you, Beck? Um, I think that it's important for teenagers to know that, like, it's brave to step out and, like, step out of your comfort zone, and that, like, if one of us invites one of our friends to youth group, that it's okay for them to take that risk, and that it can be scary, and that, like, that's okay. Like, it's okay to be scared of the things that you're doing, but to still, like, step forward and do it is, like, incredibly brave and courageous.
0: Yeah, I tell you girls all the time, you can do hard things.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, One thing that I would hope for the teenagers today is that they would realize that to have a good time, you don't always need to be doing drugs and, you know, drinking alcohol and whatnot. Um, I know especially in this area, I have a lot of friends who have started to rely on those things, and they feel like they can't have a good time without it. And especially when they're invited to youth group and whatnot, they think that they're just going to be shunned for the things that they've done. But in reality, we just, we're here to be welcoming to them. Um, so I think that that's really like, it's intimidating to them. And I just hope that they would hopefully kind of start to see the light that God's bringing for them. My hope
2: for teenagers in San Jose is that they realize that they are all united, um, It's really easy to, like, get caught up in the gossip and, like, oh, I hate that person because they did that. Or, oh, that person is, like, they're better than me because they have X, Y, and Z. Um, Yeah, so I just hope that they realize that they are in this together and that they're not alone.
1: I hope for the teenagers uh, right now that they, um, and for the future, that they get um, just a glimpse of God. Because that little glimpse of God, that little light, or that little trigger, can lead to curiosity. And then they, they're they like, oh, okay, I want to see what this guy's about. I've heard he's great, he's great. Yeah, but I want to see what this guy's about. So that leads them to going to church. You know, That leads them to getting involved in youth group, and so on and so forth. And that leads them to being a kingdom worker, and then that involves you being baptized. And it's just a whole, it's like a domino effect. So, yeah.
0: It reminds me of the verse that says to taste and see that he is good. If we could just give them a little taste, they'll see how good he is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Forgot what book that was in.
0: I don't have the whole Bible memorized like you do, Evan. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What is the hardest thing for you about being a teenager in Silicon Valley slash San Jose?
1: Time management and prioritizing. Um, Because there's a lot of things to do, honestly, in San Jose. I mean... When you look at you know Midwest, there's really well, there is a lot to do. But the way we see it, there's not a lot to do. Yeah, you know, there's not. You a have lot a
0: thing of, with the Midwest I this love morning. the Midwest.
1: I'm an Okie.
0: <laughs> is anybody in here from the Midwest? Who's from Oklahoma yeah, no? in
1: here? No one. Nobody. Okay. No. All right. Um,
0: the priorities. So
1: priority yeah. is a made one because um, you have you know school. You may have sports. You know also AP as well. Um, there's just a lot of you know overall things that, you know, are expected of us, but we choose the wrong things sometimes over what's right. And, um, that's, what's really hard and we're not fully developed yet. And I think that's something that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: And I need the best way for us to deal with that is to, is to have grace for, right. That teenagers, their brains, literally, we talk a lot about and with our adults, their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, so all of their choices are not logically thought through, and that's just a biological thing. That's not your fault. Yeah, okay. Let's go to Hannah. <laughs> <No laughs> i on. Hannah, you're not a teenager anymore. You're 20 now. Yes, I am. You are, like, so grown up. So grown up. This last <laughs> birthday that you had officially took you out of your teenage years.
2: So if yeah, you can, that's weird.
0: So if you can look back... What was the hardest thing for you about being a teenager?
2: I think all the lies, um, like lies other people tell you or lies that, like, the devil just puts inside your head, like, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not this enough, Um, I mean, that's hard for anybody, like,
3: that's still hard for me as a 20-year-old. So I would say the hardest thing about being a teenager, um, mine's a little more specific to our area, kind of how Evan was talking about. Um, in the Silicon Valley, a lot of people, even adults, kids, everybody, there's a lot of different people who um, are working, they're working towards success, and that success to them is you know, the fastest car, the biggest house, when in reality, a lot of people are just straying away from God trying to get these things, and I think it's really difficult to try and look over that as a teenager and not get distracted not be focusing on all those important things, like what kind of rims you have on your, you know, super fast little Shelby Mustang. But it's more important that we're focusing on our relationship with God. And I think that it's really easy to get sidetracked. And I definitely have done it too.
4: I think the biggest problem for me is, um, like the pressure to make decisions that are supposed to last like a really long time. Um, going into college, you like you have to pick a major that 's supposed to dictate the rest of your life, and i 'm eighteen and have how many more years you know and it 's really scary to think about um, just like the fact that i 'm supposed to be making a decision, and while I might know what I want to do now doesn't mean that it 'll be the same thing like five years from now or two years from now. So I think like just the unknown of like the next couple of years is like really overwhelming so
5: Um, probably living up to expectations because as a teenager there's school and if you do sports there's that and then around the house too like chores and stuff and then uh, expectations puts a lot of pressure on you as a person uh, and then Yeah, and then expectations is, like, a hard thing. And I bet all of the teenagers sitting in the pews right now know about that.
0: Yeah, and I would say even all the adults sitting in the pews that I, I know I can identify with some expectations on me that I don't always feel like I can measure up to or big decisions in my life that I'm not sure I'm making the right one or the priorities and being seeing everything else around me wanting all the shiny things that everybody else has yeah all of those things I think adults can identify with teenagers more than we like like to think that we can. We like to think we're very different from you guys, but I don't know that we are all that much. So let's talk about camp a little bit. All of you guys went to camp, yeah, and it wasn't all of you guys, this was more than, you've gone more than once. This wasn't your first experience. And Jaden, because he graduated from eighth grade this last year, he went to high school camp as an incoming freshman and middle school camp as an outcoming middle schooler, eighth grader. And so that's really cool. You got to experience both of them in the same, like two weeks back to back. That was tiring. I did it too. Yeah, we survived. Um, will you guys share with us a favorite moment from camp for you? And you can share one from each, Jaden.
5: My favorite moment from high school camp, C.I.Y., was every day of the week, every night of the week, when we had worship, a good person over there sitting in the pews, Hunter Morrissey, he felt the spirit. Like, I think the first night, he didn't really understand it, but then going on, it grew on him a lot. And he's an emotional person. He cried a lot. Um, and he knows it, but I respect it because um, I think he grew during that experience.
0: And how about for a middle school camp?
5: Um, middle school camp, uh, my favorite memory was the one night when the speaker Travis he asked everyone if you, if it's your first time, if you want to accept and follow Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. And can you stand up and come up to the front and I'll pray over you? And three kids from my cabin, um, one was an incoming 6th grader, one was a 7th grader. Two were incoming 6th graders and one was a 7th grader. Um, And the fact that I just met all of them and throughout that week we grew a lot closer than I expected we would. Um, And then they stood up that night uh, and just hit me how young they find it and that everyone can find it yeah
0: that's really cool so for both camps i'm hearing you say that your favorite moments were watching other people have these moments of experiencing god that that was really powerful for you yeah that's really neat i wonder if you had a moment where you experienced god for yourself
5: i did so um one of the teenagers that comes here, Joaquin, we've known each other for a long time, and we've been really close for a long time, and one night at high school camp, they had um, like LED lights strung across like a little make way, doorway, and they say, if you felt God in the past week, then walk through the door. Is that what they said? Or
0: I can explain a little more if you want.
5: Okay, yeah, can you do that?
0: Yeah, but I'll do it after you share it. Just talk about the moment Um, for you.
5: And then, so they had the doorway, and then uh, I was planning on doing it with Joaquin since we were close, but then um, someone new from the church that none of us had met before, or some of us have met before, but the majority of us haven't. Brandon over there, he came to the church Monday morning when we left for camp, uh, and he really wasn't talking to anybody, but we all grew close on him that week. And so when me and Joaquin were going through the door, right before we stood up, Brandon walked over to, as he said, you guys want to go through with me? And then that hit me how fast people can grow a relationship in God and through each other. And
0: yeah. Yeah. And that's really cool because your favorite moment from middle school camp was being this graduated eighth grader and getting to like hang out with these incoming sixth graders all week. They followed Jaden around like little ducklings in a row. I was really precious. And then when you're at high school camp, you're an incoming freshman. So now you're the baby of the group. And there's an older kid that comes over and invites you and
4: Joaquin, both freshmen, right, to do this. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad. One of my favorite moments at camp was um, towards the end of the week. It was on like a Thursday or a Friday. And it was one of those really like hard hitting nights. Um, There were a lot of people who were really feeling it. And um, there was this one person that I was, like, worried about and was, like, thinking about, Um, but God started, like, whispering in my ear, like, hey, I know you're worried about them, but I really want you to go to these two friends that you have had for the last, like, couple of years. This is their first time, like, experiencing this. You should go be with them. And I was like, but I want it. And then he was like, no, you're going over there. So I was like, okay, I'm going over there. And, um, way to listen. He knows best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, it was really cool, like getting to experience that moment with them and like getting to be there with them. And I think that it like brought us closer together. Um, and it was like, it was just really cool for it to be their first year and to have like a big moment like that happen.
0: Yeah. And I just want to comment really fast. Cause you guys. Sophia is one of those yeah. two that you were mentioning and Brandon, you mentioned Brandon and th- both of those students were on our worship team this morning and both of those students had never even met Kyle or I or come to this church before Monday morning when we left for camp and now they're all in and on the worship team up here. And yeah, so it was really powerful that experience that they got to have. All right, Tash, what was the favorite moment for you?
3: Um, so mine wasn't exactly one moment. It was just throughout the week, how things kind of changed. Um, My favorite thing about camp was meeting the new people, because we had a bunch of new people. This is probably the biggest group I'd ever seen at a camp of people that none of us had known. And so, meeting all those new people and building relationships throughout the week was really awesome, and getting to see them at the end of the week, seeing where they're at, and learning things from each other, and kind of just figuring each other out. Um, Also, there was one person in specific. She had come in as a proclaimed atheist. She didn't believe in God and she, by the end of the week, left saying that she believed in God, she believed in Jesus, and it was just super awesome to get to know her throughout the week and hear that from her.
0: Yeah, that's
2: worth clapping about. Yeah. Woo! Um, The whole week is my favorite, um, That happens every year. Like, I still watch the video from last year because I'm like, oh, that was the best week of my life. Um, But the moment that really sticks out is on the second day— there's a lake at this camp. I was at middle school camp. Um, and you have to take a swim test before you get in. Like, you can't even like sit in it without a pass. Um, and a couple of our girls didn't pass. And so I was just like checking in, like, are you going to try again? Like, are you just going to sit out the week? Um, and both of them like were kind of hesitating. And I was like, do you want me to do it with you? They're like, yeah, 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 let's do it. So I like went and changed my bathing suit on and it was just really cool. Like we took our time. We were just like talking to each other, but the whole time I was like, we can do it, like, we got it, like, do you want to, like, rest for a minute, like, do you want to hold on to my arm, and by me encouraging, like, they started encouraging each other, and they were like, yeah, we got this, and they both ended up passing, and they were out on the blob all week. Way to be a good leader. Thanks. You're welcome.
1: So, so, um, I gotta say, it was towards the end of the week, about Thursday or Friday. It was a Thursday night, I remember correctly. Um, there was a um, there was like Jane said, there was a doorway, and it was um, it was h- highlighted or out or attached with um, LED lights. And um, it was a night where um, when you walked through it, you kind of be um, you'd be that sin or that struggle. You'd have it just be it would be just washed away, kind of. And um, I was I was I was getting really emotional. I was going to ask Paul, our intern over there, if he could go in with me, walk with me. And um, when I asked him, like, Paul, can you go through the doorway with me? I was tearing up. And then he started tearing up. He was like, yeah, man, I'll walk with you. <laughs> and I was happy. He was happy we were crying. And he pray for me. And it was just, it was such an awesome, it was such a burden off of me. Because I struggle with pride a lot. And I'm a very prideful person. I'm not proud of that, but... I definitely, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely got, um, I got, let, it was, yeah, it was good.
0: Was it one of those, kind of like those moments, that yeah, moment, moment of the waves, right? Yeah. You walked through the door and it, it was kind of like, like, oh yeah,
1: it yeah. was like all that burden and anger, but now it's just calm and out.
0: Yeah, just like that. <laughs> See,
1: I could be like a... Jesus Story Bible. So
0: every night at (laughs) CIY, which is the high school camp, just because they both mentioned the doors, I want to explain a little bit of that night because it was really powerful for a lot of our students. In the morning, we had small groups where uh, a leader would have a group of students, and we didn't lead the discussion. Students led themselves, and we got one little piece of it to lead, which we love. And, um, but that morning, leaders put these wristbands on every student on both wrists and they wore them all day long and we kind of talked about it a little bit about what it meant but they didn't really know what it meant because we knew it was coming that night so it was like secret agent status where we couldn't tell them and then we showed up at the night session where there was teaching and worship and we would do that every night and the end of every single service every night would end with a handful of songs so kids could process whatever the challenge was or the teaching was for that day and to start that service though, leaders would take more wristbands and we took the third one and put it between the two so that their wrists were interlocked like a chain. So for the whole message, for the whole worship experience, they're trying to worship and they can't get their hands up because they're stuck together like this and they're trying to take notes and they're stuck together and Struggle. they're trying to rub their friend's back who's crying and they're stuck together. And, and the point was to feel really awkward and uncomfortable because the reality is we believe lies about ourselves and they're chaining us down and we don't even feel it anymore. The reality is is that we step into sin that now has become so fun that we're comfortable in it and we don't even see it as sin anymore and so these chains that we in our normal everyday life that God wants to free us from we sing that song of who the Sun sets free is free indeed and we're not living totally free because of these chains that we're not even aware of there so the point was to be really annoyed and (laughs) uncomfortable in these chains and I did it with the students because I I wanted to experience it also and I was very annoyed I wanted to take notes and it was not easy and then by the end of the session, right before they would close out in some songs, we went down a row and broke chains for the person sitting next to us. So a leader started on one end of the entire gymnasium and said something about how they're free because of Jesus and and pulled their arms apart to break their chain for them. And then they would turn around and do it for the person sitting next to them. And it went all the way down. It was a chain reaction, right, of breaking these chains down the whole row. And it was an experience of recognizing I don't have to do this by myself. I don't have to hold myself accountable and live alone in these chains and in in my freedom either. And so then from there, during worship, we got... an opportunity, every night there was an opportunity, every student didn't have to do it if they didn't want to, where there were these LED lit up doorways all around the room. And if students wanted to commit to walk through that door and say, I'm never picking that chain up ever again, then they were invited to grab somebody that they trust who, who who, they were going to give permission. Every student that came and grabbed me, I asked them, do I have permission to really hold you accountable when we get home? I'm not walking through that door unless you mean it. And they were giving that person permission to walk with them and hold them accountable. And we, w- they would walk through the door together and celebrate or pray. And it was a symbol of, I don't want to pick that chain back up. And it was a really powerful moment, I think, for everyone who, who was there, whether they walked through the door or not. So we're going to show you guys a video now of, of CIY.
6: Briefly, here's a, here's a few kind of like highlights from this last year. Um, in what's the first one? Uh, last Labor Day, we uh, took our students on what we call an inductive Bible study retreat, and this was a first. This was new for a lot of our students, and we got away for a weekend to study the Book of James. Can you imagine a bunch of teenagers sitting in a house and we wrote out the entire book of James. We listened to it over and over again. We read it the entire time. We pulled out Bible dictionaries to look up words so that we could like actually study this book. And students, every time we do these types of events, it is so transformative to believe that what the Bible says matters, that uh, the Bible's words have weight for their lives. It's not just some old book with old words. Um, so I love, love, love these retreats. These The retreats we do are so impactful. Um, quick plug, we're going on one at the end of the month. Um, so if you have a teenager, Sign them up, because these uh, weekend getaways, we're studying the book of First John um, this year, are so incredibly... Um, not only do they get closer together, as you can see, like going to camp and stuff, these kids like joke around, they laugh, they have fun. We do those things, but then we come home and we're like, man, the Bible is cool, and God is cool. Um, so we did that, and as the last year has gone on, um, for, for a lot of the adult leaders, it was becoming very obvious that middle school students and high school students kind of need their own space. And that when they're stuck together, they kind of bug each other. And so we, um, were working towards what does it look like? How do we do this? How do we get these students their own space? Um, and so the first step to that was we got to hire a middle school, or not middle school, sorry, youth ministry assistant. Um, and so Hannah got hired last year, um, and played an incredible role in us being able to have middle school and high school separately. And so then in November of last year, we split them up. We branched our youth ministry into two ministries and gave them their own space because middle schoolers want to be able to play games and have fun and do crazy things and just be silly and not worry about what the older kids think of them. And the high schoolers want to play those same exact games, but if they're around middle schoolers, they think they're too cool. And so we they need their own space to be able to play those games and have fun as well. And middle schoolers and high schoolers need to hear us talk about the Bible and teach about God in their own language. Because middle schoolers and high schoolers speak this really weird language. They're these like mini humans whose brains aren't developed, right? Like they speak a special language. And so for middle schoolers, we need to really speak to middle schoolers and high schoolers to high schoolers. So we were able to do that, and we split them same night, same time, but in different locations on campus. And middle schoolers, were kind of meeting in a temporary space. Then come into January, and we got to welcome um, four brand new leaders, which kind of helped us as we continued to grow because it stretches leaders to split into two different groups. And so then we got to welcome Jenny and John, Luke and Anthony and Sarah Marie into a team. Um, yeah, give it up for them. They said yes to join a team of a whole bunch of other adults that have already said yes to helping out with these teenagers. And we could not do camp, we could not do a youth Sunday. We could not do a lot of what we do without them. Um, Growth would not have been happening. And then last spring, we took a handful of our high schoolers to Northern Ireland. We went across the world, not just the country, and they got to experience their first cross-cultural missions experience. Um, And those experiences, if you've ever been on one, you know they are so transformative. Um, My missions experiences when I was a teenager changed my life. They changed the direction of where I was going. And so for a lot of these students, it was, it was, yes, it was good to go and serve and do things for the town that we were living in. But I think one of the most impactful things of that week is that our students really got to see the Holy Spirit move in a way that they hadn't beforehand. That They got to experience prayer work in a way that a lot of them didn't believe it did beforehand. And, and those truths, to really hang on to and believe those truths as a teenager man, that'll change your life. That'll change where you're going. That'll change your family. It'll change your school. It'll change things. Um, And then we took um, our high schoolers for the first time in late spring as school is almost ending on on a high school girls and guys retreat separately. So then we, again, we got away for a weekend. Um, Our retreats that we do, I think are the most important things we do as a ministry. And then for summer, we took over 80 people to summer camp this year. Um, Over 70 of those were were students, were teenagers, um, which is awesome. yes. (laughs) And we took uh, 17 leaders. 17 adults is what it took to handle those students over a two week period. Some of those adults went to both weeks, but it takes an enormous effort, um, a a fleet of vehicles to get these students to camp. Um, Without those leaders, without, um, we would not have been able to take that many students. So it's, it's incredible. Like, I love to see the growth. The growth is exciting and it's fun. but there are three things that are really common major hindrances to growth in churches. A lot of youth ministries go through them. Um, one of them, I think one of the major hindrances is physical space. If a church does not designate like an actual space, a room, uh, whatever, to students, to kids, then those students will come in and they might feel welcomed. They might enjoy the teaching. They might think the adults are cool. But if they don't think that there's actually space for them, they won't believe that they belong. And that goes against everything that we want you to believe here at Central. We want you to know and to believe that you belong, that you are welcome here. And we want the same thing for our students. And so, first of all, I'm so thankful that that we get to build our students their own spaces. We are literally in the middle of a construction project. So if you've worked at all on that, I want to say thank you. Because that is so much bigger than just painting walls or ripping up carpet. Like You are literally creating the space where hundreds of students are going to come in and hear about Jesus for the first time. And that is going to change their life forever. And I'm thankful that we are at a church that in the middle of, in, of a pastoral search, our elders have said, yes, let's do it. Let's build this for your kids, for our students, because it matters that much. Like that is a big deal, and not every church has that. Not every church goes through that. Another major hindrance to growth is adult leaders who are willing to invest in and love on students and teenagers. Um, we will only grow as big as our volunteer team. We will only be able to love on and minister to as many students as we have adults for. Jesus had 12 that he really connected with. And then within that 12, he had three that was even closer to him. Um, And so for us, we believe that the more loving and caring adults, I mean, our adults are, we have the best leaders. Just so you guys know, students, we have the best leaders in town. Our leaders will, yes. They don't just give up Tuesday nights. They give up their weekends. They give up their, literally, they take vacation days from work to come hang out with you guys at camp and go on retreats and these kinds of things. So I am so thankful, but I want to use that as a plug to say, if you want to see our church grow, I think it's going to happen in our students and our kids. And oftentimes our kids and our students bring their parents. And so if you want to see our church grow, join the kids, join the youth, be a part of what Kristen is doing on Sunday mornings, be a part of what our students are doing, because it is, is not easy. We give a ton of time and sometimes they're not super grateful and excited about it. But then there's sometimes like this morning where you realize they are and it matters. Um, So that's the second um, common hindrance. The third one is a church body that doesn't back up the youth ministry, a church body that doesn't value and recognize the importance of pouring into the next generation. There are some churches out there who don't create spaces for their youth ministry. There are churches out there that don't give finances, dedicate them to kids and youth. There are churches who don't care to provide space on a stage for students, teenagers to stand up here and lead and to pray for, them, for the adults and stuff. And so thankfully, I'm not describing our church clearly by this morning. But I want to challenge us as a church to go a step further, to not just value our students, not just value the students that you know, but the students that we don't know yet. There are thousands of teenagers in the Silicon Valley, thousands of teenagers within a 15-minute drive of of our church who don't know Jesus, who've never heard of Central, who think that Christians hate them. There are so many students and teenagers out there who who need to know, because I've been in San Jose now for just a little over two years, and I believe that when students hear, when teenagers here hear about Jesus, Most all of them respond and say, yes, like this is a place that is ripe for Jesus to take over, but we have to be the kind of church that is willing to like, not just care about our kids, but to be willing to maybe do some uncomfortable things to care about those kids, the not yet churched kids, the not yet Christian kids. I want to be the kind of church that's not just a part of this movement, but is, like, leading the forefront of the movement for, like, San Jose to change. Because I, I believe God wants to see revival happen. He is always stirring in the hearts of his people, and I believe it's going to happen through the next generation. I believe that the next generation has the combination of, of foresight for what our city needs, but also, like, the passion. And um, you hear these kids talk about Jesus and watching some of these students worship Jesus. I am so um, challenged for myself. Um, And so I want to be the kind of church that recognizes that and says, yes, yes, we will get over your ripped jeans. Yes, we will get over when you run through the church. We will get over when you jump over a pew like these, these uncomfortable things sometimes or if you, if they sit in your spot sometime, Ooh, watch out. We all moved this morning to the front from the back. So I hope, you know, um, so I just, I am so excited because God has done a ton in one year. We've doubled in size for our camps and our leaders. We've gone to these retreats and we went across the world to Ireland. Like in one more year, what more could he do? What more could God do through our students and their schools and their families? What more could God do through our church if we continue to value not just our kids, but our neighbors who don't go to our church? Our neighbors as kids, our neighbors as grandkids, right? Like this isn't just a student thing. This is a church thing. Um, We scholarshiped as a church 28 kids to come to camp this year. It's 28 kids that would have probably otherwise not had the opportunity to come to camp. Most of those kids, it was a full scholarship. And camp changes lives every single year. Kids come in not believing God is real or cares about them and they leave changed. Absolutely changed. You heard one of them share about a student who came in as an atheist. And it came out differently. We have students on stage this morning who before camp didn't ever come to our church. And here they are leading us in worship. Like it is a camp is the highlight of our year. It is the peak of what we do as a youth ministry every single year. And so to give scholarships is a really, really big deal. It's not just giving money. You're changing people's lives. And so I just want to say thank you for that and, to, and just challenge like what more? How can we continue to value? How can we continue to pour into this generation so that they come up? This is the future of San Jose. This is the future of our church. Let's pour into what they have and who they are.